it's absolute worldie it's another episode it's a brand new episode that might be your best one yet thanks man i come up with them just before we start <laughs> to anyone who doesn't recognize the tune that was you'll never walk alone I feel like most people wouldn't have recognised the tune. My singing voice is not world-renowned. Hello, Kyle. Hi, Joel. How you doing? I'm good. I'm excited about our episode today and the fact that we've got another roving reporter out in the field. It's great. We've got fields, we've got reporters, we're roving. I think, well, I'm hoping that our, our guest slash correspondent this week isn't actually in a field and that he's in the hotel lobby where he's supposed to be. I hope so too. I hope so too. Um, our guest, uh, who is Andrew Gruen, who is over in the States, in the United States of America, going to do an amazing field report for us, Kyle. Um, I'm so excited. I feel like we should just get on with this, this episode. I'd love to ask how you are, but, you know, our listener knows how you are. How's anyone, frankly? Did you pay him, though? No, he doesn't know that yet, so keep that quiet. Okay, well, let's just do the whole, like, invoice delay thing. Exactly. I think also we should start by just listing some American things. What do you think? Oh, he loves that. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. We'll do that, listener, and speak to Andrew Gruen after this. Everyone's talking about the football. Do you want to talk with me about football? Yeah. Saltwater taffy. Mount Rushmore. Hot dogs. Maine crabs. <laughs> Bald eagles. Uh, soccer. <laughs> you told us last time that soccer wasn't American. That's, <laughs> that's cheating. <laughs> uh, Landon Donovan. <laughs> Is that Brian it? Brian Pride. Brian Pride. Brian Pride. <laughs> wow, that went really well. Yeah. We've come back with an American episode again, haven't we, Carl? Yes, we have. Boy, howdy, have we? Can you play some uh, American theme music under this? Or? Yeah, can you hear that? Ah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yankee, nice. Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. <laughs> I think he went to town, is the idea. Yeah. Welcome back to the podcast, resident US expert, Andrew Gruen. <laughs> yep, I know absolutely everything there is to know about America. Tell us your top three facts. <laughs> it's big. It's wide. <laughs> and people live there. You learn something new every worldie. Um... <laughs> Andrew, obviously we've had you on before. Mm -hmm. um, you did. And it was an amazing experience for us. Um, but now you're on the other side of the pond again. You've gone, you've gone back. Oh yeah. How back is to where it all began. How is Los Angeles? Uh, it is good. I was excited to hear you pronounce it Los Angeles. A lot of um, a lot of English people pronounce it Los Angeles, weirdly. Yeah, Los I would, Angeles. I would go with Los Angeles. Yeah. Would, oh, right. Okay. Which is correct? Uh, well, the American pronunciation would be Los Angeles. Did you did you catch the difference there? But the the actual pronunciation, really, I guess, would be like Los Angeles. But yeah, there you go. And it means the angels. That's right. The angels. The city the of angels. angels. Have That's you been right. angelic since you've been back? Have you, have you felt like you've uh, you found 
God on your return to LA? Um, I can't say that I've found God. Um, I have, I mean, it's, they, I found some great Mexican food. Next best thing. I was yeah. going to I was going to say I, I was hoping so I was going to say like for if our listener wanted to go to Los Angeles lo, sorry Los Han, oh, I've already forgotten how you say it Los, An, Los Angeles Los Angeles Los Angeles LA if our listener yeah. wanted to go to LA <laughs> uh, I was I was going to say like what's your top wreck and I was really hoping it would be Mexican food and where to get it Yeah well I'm staying in um a little place that's uh, little El Salvador I guess you might call it it's south of Koreatown in Los Angeles. Uh, and it's got um, really great pupusas. There's just lots of little hole in the wall places you can pop into. A pupusa is kind of like a tortilla, um, but it's a stuffed tortilla, if you will. Um, and then it's fried up. Uh, you stuff it with cheese or cactus, uh, or if you're inclined towards uh, meat, then you could pork or chicken in there. Basically, whatever you like. Cactus? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How do you eat cactus? It's La Roja, I believe it's pronounced. The La Roja cactus. Uh, it's a delicious uh, sort of wow. cactus. Yeah. So today, we've dragged you out of little, little El Salvador, up the road from Koreatown, into downtown, to uh, a big plush hotel. I don't think we should say the name of it. Um, and you're waiting to meet someone for us, aren't you, for an interview? I think it's about time we told him why he's there, don't you, Joel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, listen, what we did was we said, Andrew, we've got you the interview of a lifetime. Andrew's Ooh. response, I'm not an interviewer. I've never done an interview. It would be the first interview. So technically, yes, the interview of my lifetime. Uh, we said, Andrew, you're going to go to a hotel. You're going to sit for a bit. Then we're going to talk to you. We're going to tell you who you're interviewing. And then you're going to go chat to them for us. OMG, listener, it's an exclusive. Before I tell you who you're going to be meeting, Andrew. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a little classic worldy moment. I'm gonna take you back, oh yeah, to 1992. <laughs> <laughs> Any memories of 1992? <laughs> um, let's see, I was uh, seven years old. So probably like uh, T-Rexes, um, that's pretty much it. I Were guess. you playing for FC Stormtroopers at the time? Uh, you know, I probably was, I probably was, yeah. That's a, cool, in... that's a callback listener to a previous episode uh, that Andrew was involved in. I suggest you go back and listen to it because I'm not going to explain why that joke was so offensive. <laughs> I that, was in, that was in season one. That was way back in 2018, Andrew. We've known you for a wow. long time. Wow. <laughs> Might I say, you look fantastic. Thank you for dressing up for us. Um, well, it's more like... for the interview. Uh, yeah, of course. I, I didn't know who I was going to meet, so obviously I've got to spruce up. Do you smell good? I did neglect that aspect, but um, looks looks are everything. Oh, wow. sorry, Joel. We're, we're going back to 1992. Indeed. <laughs> it's all right. I think there's always time to compliment another man on their sartorial choices. Uh, it's the 4th of January. It's the FA Cup third round. It's a replay. One team is coming in from the first division, what would now be known as the Premier League. The other is coming from the fourth division, which would now be known as League Two. One had had to win two ties to get there. The other one, this was their first match or indeed the replay of their first match of, or maybe it wasn't a replay. Good to know that kind of thing oh, before you start talking, Joel. Uh, indeed, it is their first match of the competition. And the final score was Wrexham AFC 2, 
Arsenal FC won. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe that does ring some some faint bells. That's no, it doesn't. No, uh, Rex, Wrexham. Did you say? Yeah, and I'm glad you said Wrexham and not Wrexham because uh, I, I don't know if you know this about pronunciation when you're from different countries, but everyone has different pronunciations. And I happen to know that Americans often say the ham of words when they shouldn't. Ham. Like Birmingham. Birmingham, yeah. Alabama. Birmingham. Birmingham. Uh, Hamlet. <laughs> yeah, we, we say Hamlet. No, we don't. Oh. We say Humlet. Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> Hamlet. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the city where the forest is and Robin Hood was from and the sheriff? Nottingham Forest. There we go. He's learning. Whew. Anyway, on it this does... date, on this date, Wrexham beat Arsenal. They were. Uh, it was a huge, giant killing. Uh, uh, extraordinary thing. Um, it was an amazing, amazing event. They were, it, George Gray and the Arsenal manager at the time called it the lowest point of his managerial career. Uh, and it was uh, one of those wonderful events that is called a giant killing. What a classic worldy moment. But why am I bringing it up now? Why have we sent you to a hotel to discuss? Listener, if you like football, you're already knowing where this is heading. And this whole buildup is pointless. Arsene Wenger. I'm meeting Arsene Wenger. <laughs> Correct. Yes. No, no, no. You're meeting Rob McElhenney, Nanny, Henny. <laughs> And Deadpool himself, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Because, listener, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElnenny, Hollywood royalty. Rob McElnenny, if you don't know, is the creative producer and uh, originator of the show. It's always sunny, sunny in Philadelphia, uh, which stars Danny DeVito, as well as some other incredibly funny people. Uh, and him. And, 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 and him, yes, he's in it as well, obviously. Rob McElroy. Oh no, you didn't say he was an actor, you just said he was a producer. Oh, he's, a, he's an actor and a writer <laughs> and a producer, all those things. And of course, Ryan Reynolds, one of the world's sexiest men uh, and uh, an actor famous for playing Deadpool. They have bought non-league, AKA the fifth division of English football is where they currently find themselves, Wrexham. They have bought Wrexham Football Club. Andrew Gruen, get your jaw off the floor. Stop looking so shocked. Sometimes Hollywood does good things. I'm confused. What 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 are they what are they uh, what are they after there? Exactly. Um. Uh, what the hell is going on? That is what everyone has been asking themselves. So Wrexham um are a, uh, a very very tiny football club. Uh, they, however, are what the um third oldest professional football club in the world. Uh, they are the oldest football club in Wales. Where Wrexham is, is kind of on the border with England and Wales. So they've played at various points in Welsh football and in English football over the years. Um, the race course where they play football is the oldest international football stadium still in use in the world today. Wow. Uh, and there's also a pub <laughs> in it called the Turf Hotel, which is the oldest pub at any sports stadium in the world. And J.K. Rowling attends it, apparently. Does she? No. Oh, oh Turf, I'm with you. That was very good. <laughs> Take that, JK. Yeah, yeah, in your face, JK. Oh, dear. A JK uh, running chatbot. I think it says something about this podcast that that's not the first time we've called JK Rowling a turf. <laughs> Someone called a turfy potter. Was it you? Me. It was me. I called her Turfy Potter. Anyway, Wrexham in their history, they, they've been up and down the league. They, they're very famous for doing things like beating Arsenal um, in the FA Cup. 
but they, you know, in 1974, they reached the quarterfinals of the English FA Cup for the first time, but they also won the Welsh Cup. This weird quirk of them playing in both England and Wales, which meant they qualified for the European Cup Winners' Cup. Uh, they, um, they reached the quarterfinals of the European Cup Winners' Cup, where they were beaten by Anderlecht, but they've never really had a great deal of success. And in fact, um, uh, back in 2006, uh, or sorry, between 2002 and 2006, they were asset stripped uh, by two very dubious characters, Alex Hamilton and Mark Guterman. Uh, they basically took over the club with the intention of getting as much money out of it as they possibly could. Uh, and so they've had a real terrible time. They were saved, in fact, by being taken over by their supporters. Uh, their supporters uh, own the club. They were fan-owned until, that is, Mr. McElhenney and Mr. Reynolds took over. It's the biggest Hollywood story. It is so exciting. The profile of these two men compared to the profile of the football club is insane. There's just no, there's no similarity, shall we say. And it is one of those things where it's sort of slightly everyone's in a bit of disbelief. Um, you've got quotes from the fans saying stuff like, it was, it's just been disbelief, really. We were checking it was the right Ryan Reynolds, the actual one. I honestly just couldn't believe it. I've been watching Home and Away for the last five seasons, watching the team with a few hundred fans away at Woking on a Tuesday night. To think that club might be getting investment from Hollywood actors, where the hell did that come from? That's uh, Max Griffiths from North Wales, who's a Wrexham fan. I thought you just said, I've been, in, in preparation for Ryan Reynolds' arrival, I've been watching... Home and Away, the Australian side. I was like, well, you're not going to find him in that. He's not in that show. <laughs> Deadpool, Deadpool 2. The film where that I remember him bursting onto the scene, Van Wilder, Party Liaison. Have you seen that, Andrew? No, I've never even heard of that. It was like a late National Lampoon vehicle, but like off the back of American Pie, that sort of like frat house... Go oh, yeah. or get some action kind of movie and Van, and he played this guy that sort of set people like up with these great parties but then he fell in love bad news for his business fell in love with the sport of football and buying clubs apparently so although you know this there hasn't really been any sense of them being that interested in in football before this uh, which is why i think it's such an amazing story i mean there are hollywood stars who um have invested in football. Um, you know Mindy Kaling from The Office? Yeah. She owns shares in Swansea City. So maybe, they, maybe they spoke to her about it. Mindy Kaling, wow. was, Mindy Kaling was, was in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So maybe during a great break in filming, she said, well, I own shares in a Welsh football team and Rob McElhenney got jealous. Yeah, and actually, if you could ask him about that, that would be a brilliant- Yeah, that'll be top of my list that of questions. That would be a worldly exclusive. You, you'd probably sit next to a couple other people. There's probably a- a lady from the BBC, a guy from Horse and Hound magazine, and yeah. there's you from Absolute Worldy. So make sure you get those exclusives. Mindy Kaling, do you know her? Do you remember her? Did she set you up? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good good question to ask. Mindy Mindy Kaling, huh? That well, I because you often see like Will Ferrell goes to goes to a lot of football, doesn't he? He's a big football. He he part owns uh I want to say LASD. Los Angeles City, yes. Uh, and in fact, uh, Natalie Port Natalie Portman. She owns a women's team in LA, uh, mm -hmm. Angel City FC. Did you know Chuck Norris owns shares in Sheffield Wednesday? No. No, I just made that up, but. Good, good. Got me. That's such an old meme. <laughs> what do you mean? He's an old guy. Yeah, but like, you know, Chuck. The, the, that's the not a meme. Like, 
That's like that's just old, me talking. That's just an old, like early internet meme. That's like Rick rolling. People being like, <laughs> Chuck Norris is so strong. When he breaks into a house, the house falls down or some. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not good at it. Andrew, are there any gift bags there? Um, no, there are some little olives. In this sort on of era, I table. don't think we should be touching, um, you know, unpackaged food. Keep clear of that. Yeah, good advice, good advice. So there is, there is some scepticism about this. Uh, they have said that they're planning on making a Netflix documentary. Uh, so there is some, a lot of uh, football journalists that I've listened to have been saying, uh, you know, well, it's clear they're just doing this to make the documentary and they want the story and they don't really care about the club. But having said that, they have already in, uh, intend, uh, announced their intention to invest two million pounds of their own money into the club through shares. They want uh, the, the things that they've said clearly have uh, hit home to the fans because obviously the fans own the club. So they've all had to agree to this. Um, uh, and one of those things, of course, is that they will always beat their fiercest rivals, Chester FC. And they have said that time and time again. And I would like to know how the hell Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney know what Chester FC is. I mean, I barely know what Chester FC is. I'm that will also be on my best. list of questions to ask them. Yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. But, you know, football is big money these days. So um, maybe they could, they're, they're seeing a way of bringing them up that you know up through the through the ranks and and cashing in that appears to be the plan i mean the thing is what's interesting is they like you know they is that they're for our listener who doesn't really know i mean we talk about the football pyramid a lot in this show but they could have bought into many clubs higher up the the pyramid as it were if they really really wanted to so there, there's um there's at least an inkling of this being a passion project which implies that they've fallen in love with Wrexham. I mean, they have tweeted videos in support of Wrexham's um, uh, uh, sponsor, which is hilarious because that's Ifor Williams, Britain's leading trailer manufacturer for the last 60 years. Um, well, they do, they do appear in trailers. Perfect. <laughs> Andrew, um, I don't know if you're aware of the sort of entrepreneurial side of Ryan Reynolds he also owns other businesses he has a gin company called Aviator Gin which mm. started off as just a sort of a small brew sort of I guess as a hobby but now is a multi-million dollar business Aviator wow. Gin is one of the biggest selling gins in the state. Aha uh -huh. so he's looking for another place to sell his gin it'll be at the turf bar uh, at Wrexham Stadium. Yeah why was the why was the pub called the Turf Hotel? Uh, it's because it's a, it was a race course, so turf. Ah, T U R F. Listen, I would love to sample some aviator gin and tonics at the Turf Hotel pub in Wrexham. Oh, I, I've just um, I've just received a message, uh, on mine and Kyle's group WhatsApp with um with Rob and Rye. Uh, they've said there appears to be uh, a diminutive actor wearing an ill-fitting suit, sitting in the lobby of the hotel. That's not the reviewer, the interviewer, is it? Yeah, I'm also eating the um, olives at this point. Oh, mate. Oh, mate, I, they've asked you to leave. Oh, well, I mean, we, you were our, you were, I mean, it was either you or Rob, the actor, Rob Thompson, and we went with you. Maybe we should have, oh, that's a... Yeah, well, Andrew's in LA, it was easier. Well, that's, Why don't, what do that's on us. Listen, Andrew, you go find somewhere quiet. Uh, we'll we'll figure something else out to talk about in the episode. Uh, okay. 
the end of the day, at the end of the day, listener, the most important thing to know is that Hollywood is coming to Wrexham, uh, and we'll be back just after this. I'm taking these olives with me. Andrew, you there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, again, really sorry about that. That was really unexpected out of our hands, but um, uh, I just want to make sure you're okay. Yeah, um, fine. I've, I've uh, found my way into the kitchen um, of the hotel. Okay, cool. Well, you fill, fill, your, fill your stomach. They've got, a, they've got a whole jar of these uh, pickled, uh, I mean, the olives here. Um, so I'm a happy camper. You see, you're right. You sit there with those olives. Um, I've actually, I've got something else we can talk about, forgetting about Ryan Reynolds and and, and Rob McElhenney. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about MLS. I remember last time you didn't watch it. Has that changed? I now have watched no more than I had the last time. Okay. Oh, well, maybe a, a few highlights here and there. Um, well, I'd like to talk about something that's actually taking the British sort of football obsessive by storm this week from the yeah. MLS. But before I do, I think to clear it up for our listeners, since you grew up in that environment and it's not something we really have in the UK, can you explain the term post-season? Post-season? Um, I think that's the part that happens after a season. <laughs> so that's, that's it. You got it. Thanks for clearing that up. Um, uh, I asked. <laughs> um, postseason is where all like they, they they end up like just doing lots of games to build up to a final. Such, the teams that did better in the season continue into the postseason, and that's the most exciting bit because it's like knockout, right? It's like they're playoffs baseball. in a way, yeah. Yeah, baseball. It's like a basketball. tournament at the end end of the season. Thanks. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just recapped what you told me. <laughs> So the MLS preseason, uh, oh my God. So the MLS postseason is underway. We're in it. Round yeah. one was last week. We're in the semifinals of each conference. Listeners from the last episode with Andrew, remember that the MLS, not the, just MLS, Major League Soccer, <laughs> is split into Eastern Conference and Western Conference because the country, as you said earlier, is so goddamn wide. Yeah. And and big, and big, full of people. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, what what do you guys think of that playoff tournament? Do you like do you like that? Do you sort of think it's I kind do. of exciting? I think it's really. I love I love postseason. You know, I think the country's so big that you want to have a, an all over champion of the whole country right and the only way to do that is to play postseason joel here's why i don't like it i watched the last dance yeah uh, if you listen if you haven't seen it sports documentaries this year have been a huge thing and it was one of the best ones the michael jordan documentary about the amazing chicago bulls team that he played in the 90s it became very clear that the regular season does not matter they basically skipped that every single year that they examined so what's the point just start with the playoffs that's like the reg- if you're gonna have a whole season and then just make, make the whole thing about the bit that happens afterwards. Why are you having a season? That's you got to practice. Argument. You got to practice, though, Joel, don't you? Only the best teams get to the postseason, Joel. That's the whole point. Best of the best. Yeah, but they literally never spoke about the regular season. They'd be like, "Oh, they had a record of seventy-two and twelve in the regular season." On to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but only the best teams get the record of seventy-two and twelve. That's a lot of wins. Look, at the end of the day, I, it is a I, lot of wins. I'm just old fashioned and British and a playoff is 
four is one, two, three, four, five games, and only to do with promotion. They don't even have promotion and relegation. If you lose, no. if you if, if you're the last team in MLS, <laughs> not the MLS, uh, you don't get relegated. What's the point? Well, that might be changing, but that's another episode. That's another episode. Nah, it's not changing. Uh, the the MLS, I think. What what's great about the ML, the MLS, the Star Wars, uh, is that. Um, it's quirky and they kind of embrace that quirkiness and it's got the Americanisms of like similar to the NFL where any team could compete. You're not going to have a super team uh, that just dominates for season after season after season, which, you know, can get a little bit boring. So it's, it's kind of nice you know, they also have um, caps on, they've got payroll caps. So no one player will get paid any, you know, extraordinary amount of money. Um, which I think is kind of a, a, a nice idea in terms of keeping the competition um, intense throughout and, you know, different, no matter where you're from, your team could, this season could be their season and not in an unlikely Leicester City hero type of way, but, you know. And that's why the postseason is so great because it just extends that dream beyond exactly. the regular season and you play teams from the other side of the country, you know, for the chance to win MLS Cup. That means you're the best of both conferences, you've made your way through, I think, four rounds of, of uh, postseason. Amazing what you said about intense uh, drama, Andrew, because oh, yeah. Orlando City won in the round one of the playoffs on penalties in a penalty shootout. I know you've seen the highlights of that game. We spoke about it. Can you just briefly ex- explain, tell us about your emotional journey through those that shootout it took 26 minutes to be completed a penalty shootout 26 minutes wow yeah it went from uh you know befuddlement to ever deepening levels of befuddlement really um (laughs) it was absolute insanity hold on just to be clear on the scale that you're operating on is on one end befuddlement yeah, and then after that, it's just deeper levels of befuddlement. It's just, you know, it's strata of, of befuddlement. It goes, you know, it's deep. It's deep, man. Uh, <laughs> and this penalty shootout went deep. Yes. So yeah, I mean, it started with the the off the line, the goalkeeper coming off the line was where the confusion really began, and again in an MLS sort of quirky way they're still following the rules from last year from what i uh, read about this uh which is not only uh nowadays now when you go come off the line in like the premier league english premier league you get a warning it gets retaken i believe um whereas there they he got a yellow card which was the goalkeeper's second yellow card which meant he got sent off which it's just crazy it's just so, <laughs> so you got this. So for those of you who, uh, you know, this is just the start of your befuddlement. Yeah. Uh, he'd already been booked earlier in the game, the goalkeeper. One of these teams has to progress. Americans, Amer- American football up until very recently, maybe even 20 years ago, every game was decided by a penalty shootout. If there was a draw, they, they changed that. But this game had to go to penalties. Goalies on a yellow. He, if you step over your over your line as a goalkeeper before the ball has been kicked from the penalty shootout, that's an unfair advantage, and the penalty in England will be retaken. As Andrew said, he just flat out booked the goalkeeper. Now that has been changed 
in the MLS for this season that that can no longer happen. The referee seemed to forget that. He'd already sent him uh, off. stuck the decision. So then the manager has to bring on another goalkeeper. He sends on his substitute goalkeeper. The guy puts his gloves on. He stands in the That's goal. That's the second, second level of befuddlement reached there, or maybe even third. He stands there. He's about to, the, the guy's about to take the penalty. The referee goes, hang on a minute. He let him, he let this he lets his second goalkeeper get into position, come onto the pitch. He says, You can't make substitutions during a penalty shootout. So now they have to put on one of the players who was already on the pitch who wasn't a goalkeeper in goal. So one of the one of the other players puts on the gloves, goes in goal. He doesn't save it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where to even begin with all that? Like it's just that is some horrendous, horrendous refereeing. It's just like on a whole nother level. I mean, to be fair to the referee, shit's getting confusing these days with like the the rules are not helping these guys at all. Uh, You know, I don't even know. Do they use VAR in in MLS? They use goal line technology. Goal line technology. There's an incident last season in uh, in the English Premier League where the goal line technology failed. Um... I can't remember if they counted the goal or didn't count the goal. I think it was they, like they Sheffield not, United. They did yeah. not count the goal between Sheffield United and Aston Villa. We did an episode on that. That was the first game of Project Restart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that. So, you know, like this technology that's supposed to be helping out the refs. There was another incident recently where like the, um, where they went, they used the VAR. It was, it was Tottenham was playing... Brighton yeah Tottenham was playing Brighton uh and there was a goal scored by Lamptey the defender Lamptey uh in the build-up to that goal there was a quite a clear foul by um March um and uh so it was called up rightfully so by VAR it was missed by the ref called up on VAR he even walked over to the screen to have a look at this very clear foul and then said no now I'm gonna let my original mistake stand you know like it's just i don't understand this tech like it's just baffles my mind some of these rules befuddles befuddles befuddles. yeah exactly that it's just i'm in a sea of befuddlement over here okay well Uh, the handball the handball rules it's just it's a mess right now i I keep paddling because i kind of have to take you back to that penalty shootout okay yeah all right we're not back there all right if we have to the the pretend goalkeeper who's been forced to play in goal, the the the, the outfield player doesn't save it. Yeah. The New York City team. Yeah. Uh, who make the uh, who have just scored? It's not over. So Orlando City, if they score this penalty, they still win despite having lost their goalkeeper, despite all that foo for all. If they score next, it's over. Nanny, ex Manchester United winger, takes a penalty. It's saved by the fake goalkeeper. Nope. This is yeah. by this. He, this, <laughs> this guy plays for the team with the fake goalkeeper. Gotcha. Okay. So then wow. now, okay, now, so... now the fake goalkeeper has to go back in again. This time he's standing in goal. He knows if it's saved, his team wins. He saves it. Cue pandemonium. Amazing. Amazing. I've got to be honest. I, I reached new stratas of befuddlement <laughs> just then. There were fake goalkeepers. There were nannies. If you, don't, like know, if you don't know anything about football, listener, 
I'm pretty sure you're lost. I love the idea of a fake goalkeeper as well. Just <laughs> nah, he's not real. Um, it's, it's just like a cardboard cutout. Um, but also there was also another level which was like um, they celebrated a goal. Did you already talk about that? They like celebrated. They celebrated victory. Yeah, and then. No, it was. Oh, that's what you were saying. Okay, no, yeah, no, that's not. I'm not that. So basically, we've just done this all arse over. <laughs> that was the that was the red, that was the red card. So the goalkeeper made the save to win the game. The manager stormed off the pitch like he was so happy. He went down to the changing room, and that that was the win. And then he got the yellow card for being off the line and had to retake that. They and then they got <laughs> so the, the manager has to come back on to the out like imagine how embarrassing that is for that manager i've won the game i haven't okay i'm gonna come back okay now now look andrew you're mls correspondent and i'm yeah. gonna put this on you okay there's a lot of skepticism over the years and cynicism frankly about mls in this country you know people have been oh it's not real oh, americans the soccer ball they don't care. They change the rules, all of this stuff. Oh, it's just a retiring ground for old. And, you know, people like Kyle and I, sort of football hipster people, have been saying, no, 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 no. It's a good league. Don't, do, uh, you know, problems with the idea of playoffs aside, it, there's quality there. And then amateur, is, amateur hour happens, and now we've got to defend it again. Come on, MLS correspondent hiding in a, in a hotel kitchen eating a jar of olives. Help yeah. us out here. Well, uh, you know... Well, as I pointed out, there you know the Premier League has its uh, major cockups to go right alongside it. Uh, you know, for every Trump, there's a Brexit. Um, <laughs> for every refereeing error you can find over there, I'm sure you can find uh, something maybe not quite as catastrophic as as that was. But uh, you know, there's bad mistakes made. It's a young league still. It's growing. It grew. It like doubled in teams in the number of teams or something like that. There was like another 15 teams added uh, just this season. Um, so it's, you know, and they're all very optimistic. Like the viewing figures are growing. Um, you know, there's a lot of big talk in 10 years time. Uh, they think it'll be uh, more watched sport in America than basketball and hockey. Um, you know, uh, there's there's a bright future ahead for that league, potentially. I hope they hold on to some of their quirkiness and weirdness because, you know, what's football without a bit of weirdness now and again? Absolutely. Exactly. Like the fact that this even happened in the playoffs means that the narrative behind Orlando City now winning this tournament is sky high. They're now into the next round of the playoffs with no goalkeeper, obviously, because he got sent off. So <laughs> will they survive? Orlando City are playing New England Revolution, stunning name. Um, Orlando have never been this far in, into the into the postseason before. Will they beat the Revs? Who knows? Next semi-final, Columbus Crew versus Nashville Soccer Club. That's pretty boring. Um, Wait, what was the first one? Crew. Columbus Crew, yeah. Columbus Crew. Nice alliteration. I like it. Who, who do you want to win that one? Who's your back? Um, Nashville. Nashville, you know, they're famous for their soccer. <laughs> Nashville are one of those expansion clubs you were talking about. I'm not sure exactly. if you them, but they're, they're definitely one of them. Um, and they're, they're, they're on the crest of a wave. So let's back Nashville, everyone. Go Nashville. Um, that's the Eastern side semi uh, playoffs. On the other side, you've got Seattle Sounders versus FC Dallas. I'm not really sure how Dallas in Texas counts as West Coast, but we'll forgive them. <laughs> uh, Seattle Sounders, I've heard of before, so I feel like they're probably in with a shout there. Well, that's probably because they've reached three of the last four finals. 
Yes. All right. And then another team that has reached a lot of finals in the last few years, Portland Timbers. Dallas beat them in the last round. And Ooh, I, Portland Timbers are my favorite team because whenever they score a goal, there's a guy that shaves a, a, a bit of wood off the end of a, a, a tree stump. Oh, I think you talked about that our last... Uh... That is just the best celebrate. Like, imagine being there. Like, oh, amazing. And the finals, the final, um, the final sort really? of playoff, Sporting Kansas City versus Minnesota United. That's right, Min United. Um, who, are you, who are you back in there? Um, gotta be, gotta be Kansas. Yeah, they... Wait, 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 do they have the home advantage? They are, yeah, and they're the top seed in the... There's no the place like home. <laughs> I think we should leave it there on that amazing line. Screw that olive jar up and get out of that kitchen. Yeah, they're kind of ushering me out of here. Listen, LA correspondent, MLS expert, our friend, and deep friend of the Absolute Worldy podcast, Andrew Gruen, uh, a... Uh, apologies that the uh, the Ryan and Rob interview never took place, but hey, you got out of the house. It's difficult in a pandemic sometimes. <laughs> hey, I got a jar of olives out of it. I'm doing okay. You look after yourself over there. All right. You guys look after yourselves. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. We'll see you next time. We'll see you later. Bye-bye. Right, bye. 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 That's right. I don't know nothing about football, but I love my friends, so I'll watch it for them. I feel really bad about Andrew Gruen, famous LA actor and absolute stooge for the Absolute Worldy Football podcast. I mean, I feel bad, but you know, if the guests don't want to be interviewed by you, then what can you do? Sitting in a hotel kitchen eating olives. Is that what anyone wants to do with their time? It's better than what a lot of people have done during the pandemic, Kyle. (laughs) Look, Ryan, if you are listening, Ryan Reynolds, and I think you do, um, we're sorry. We're sorry we sent someone that you didn't want to speak to. We, we thought Andrew was cool. We thought you were friends. We thought you'd be pals. But if you want to come on to the show and just do a, a live chat, we're up for that. Yeah. Hey, Rye. Rye Dog. That's his nickname just between him and me. Come on the show, man. Come talk to us. Come talk to us, Ryan Reynolds. And bring Rob McElhenney. I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I have questions. Good. You agree? Okay. We'll see you soon. Uh, listeners, we'll let you make sure we'll give you lots of uh, warning about our celebrity. We thought it was going to be today. We did think it was going to be today. It'll have to be another time. Yeah, sorry to have misled you with the episode title, listener. But hey, maybe we'll have Hollywood royalty grace us with their presence in the future. For now, Kyle, what an app! Absolutely loved it. Laughed probably too much. Gave myself a hard edit job. Uh, <laughs> and um, uh, listener, we'll see you next time. Bye, Kyle. Bye. Bye, listener. A hard edit job. That's good. That was the Absolute Weldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janota-Bazowski and Amachada Patel. Absolute Weldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeker. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, follow us at Weldy Podcast on Twitter, Absolute Weldy Football Podcast on Instagram, and drop us a line anytime at AbsoluteWeldyPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Isaiah Whitlock Jr., actor who plays Clay Davis in The Wire, the famous politician, is a fan of Stenhouse Muir, the Scottish League Two team. Confused? Betcha. Yeah. <laughs> That'll do. That'll do. Don't need to read the tweet. <laughs> That'll be our outro. That's That'll the be our outro. outro. That's fine. Okay.